It's time for an Angus to do what an Angus do day. Right. Well, this isn't our show. This is Scatcast 60. Well, Scriptkeeper decided to abandon his post and do like Photoshopping all. What? Yeah, I said what I said. It's Angus and Dave. No, I'm Dave. He's Angus. And we're hosting Scatcast, so don't be alarmed. No, this isn't the Dave and Angus show. There's skit scats are coming. And it's actually a marathon kind of thing. It's one of the shows that you're on. I am this fucking company, Dave. Yeah, we all know what you think. Scatcast glory is my glory. Right. Well, this week we're doing a marathon of Nurse Fair Rhymes. It's all the three dog down Nurse Fair Rhymes. Well, there's a couple brothers, Tim and Steve, too. Like our Tim and no, Steve? No, Fuck sit, you, Tim. Sit down. Did you hear Tim put a box of shit on my desk again? That's scat soap. It's a soap. No. It's a really high quality soap that looks like poop. Dave, I work for the same company as you. I know what the shit soap is. Right. Tim took a shit in a box and put it on my desk. Right. Well, we're going to start the show off with two brand new three dog down nurse fairy rhymes. Tim's shit's on my desk, Dave. Um, and of course, Angus is the narrator of most of these. I am this company, Dave. And I'm in a lot of them as well. Don't get cocky, bitch. Right. Well, before we get started, yeah, we're supposed to talk about was my neighbor's band. And we just finished week one for pre orders for the very first interactive scat book. That's right, Dave. And while it's severely lacking in Angus Blackburn Jr. content, yeah. I've been told it's paving the way for future Angus Blackburn Jr. content in your hands. Right, the Dave and Angus show's working on at least a couple books. So the more you buy of these, the more you'll get of me in the future. Right, I guess so. So I'm for that, Dave. I was there in the meeting when you had the revelation. Right, so first of all, thank you to all of the new VIPs. Yep, all your names are going in the book. And you have till March 10th, and then they're going off to print with the bitch. Yep, and it should be in your hands sometime in April. Right, and then you can order the book and whatever, and then an Angus book will come out. Right, probably Ice Walls or Post Apocalyptica. Or me singing about the skill. Right, it'll be something. All right, usually they do like an intro song. Now Steve's in the booth, he knows. Yeah, Steve, do the, the intro song, man. I think they go, Sky Cast 60, 60, go. Because you're fucking skin shots. Sleep, sleep, little baby. Sleep, little baby, you sleep. Scatcast is here to harvest your fears and show you the horrors of life. It's Scott Kessner's Rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Well, hello again, Chitrins. Boy, are you in for some brain garbage with another three dog down Nurse Fairy Rhymes. Oh, yes, yes, shit. no one cares what you think. This story's called Clancy the Beagle. Yeah. It was very cute. And our yeah. story begins just before his cute little ass is run over by a semi-truck and killed. Oh. Right, there's too many narrators. Once upon a time, there was a cutest fuck little beagle named Clancy. I'm Clancy. And Clancy was so damn cute, I mean, he could get away with pooping on the floor. It's a gift. And Clancy's best buddy was a boy named Timmy. I love you, Timmy. The dog said, <laughs> The boy responded, but you know, dogs can't speak human, so whatever. Right, I'm a dog. And Clancy and the boy bonded like a puppy and his boy would. Then one day, Clancy was fetching a ball on the street and was run over by a semi-truck and died. Where am I? Hey, welcome to heaven, said a shimmering what? rabbit as he showed the newly dead dog to a chair ah. in front of a desk. What's going on? Yeah, I'm St. Peter Rabbit. Okay. And you know that ball you were chasing out into the street? Now, where's my ball? That's my favorite ball. Yeah, your favorite ball, just like your body was crushed underneath the weight of an 18-wheeler. Wait, what? Clancy, you're dead. No, but I was a good boy. And Clancy was a good boy. And that's why I was in heaven, because all dogs go to heaven. Oh, yeah. Except for poodles and them cocker spaniels that pee every time you try and pet them. My, yeah. my body was crushed. Yeah, it was real bad, real dramatic for everybody. Oh, poor Timmy. Yeah, poor Timmy. He's the one that threw the ball in the first place. You gotta send me back. What, send you back to your body? I gotta tell Timmy it wasn't his fault. Look, Timmy's pretty fucked up from seeing his childhood dog run over by a semi-truck. Right. Imagine the mangled body of said dead dog coming back to life like some fucking zombie trying to lick him in the face. All right, fair enough, but I've gotta do something. No, you're dead. Here's a brochure. Just read it. You'll figure it out. No, but Timmy. But Clancy the Beagle couldn't give up on his friend Timmy. For you see, Clancy had what's known as the Eye of the Beagle. It's a determination that few creatures have. Eye of the Beagle. Most of us have to do steroids to even taste it. Yikes. But back to Clancy's story. As he was going through his paperwork about his death. Is this here you a Catholic? Yeah, is that good or bad in heaven? Yeah. And Clancy noticed that there was a door with a sign on it that said God. Well, is God actually behind that door? St. Peter Rabbit's smile faded a bit before he answered. Yeah, don't go in there. But Clancy became obsessed. The creator of the universe is behind that door. Yeah, but don't get any wild ideas. It's by appointment only. Well, can I make an appointment? 
Yeah, yeah, but then you gotta rent a forklift. Uh, rent a forklift? Why? The forklift will be handy to carry the piece of paper that's required to put the number down that's gonna be your number and waiting in line to talk to God. Wait, what? The number's so big it's gonna require a ream of paper that would require a fucking forklift to carry. Right, that's a long way for that joke. Heaven's not known for its sense of humor, whatever. And so with the help of St. Peter the Rabbit, Clancy went through his death paperwork. Yeah, I'll need your paw print here and here, and I'll need you to lick this. No, no, lick it? It's a DNA no, thing. Are we spirit beings? Just lick the thing. And the whole time they went through the agonizing bureaucracy of heaven, Clancy couldn't help but think, Man, I should just walk through that door. When am I gonna get a chance like this again? And so Clancy came up with the best plan he could think of. Oh, hey, Peter Rabbit! Yeah, what? Look, it's a giant what? cabbage! Are you serious? And as St. Peter Rabbit turned to look at the fictional cabbage, Clancy the Beagle burst yeah. through the hey, door labeled yeah. God. Oh, wow. This place is swanky. And the little beagle sniffed around. It'd be funny if I piddled in that corner. Clancy chuckled to himself, but then he heard a deep voice. Clancy the beagle. Clancy looked up to see the light. Oh, my God. And the light was so bright, he rolled onto his belly. Oh, it's okay. Who's a buddy? As the light rubbed Clancy's no, belly. I'm sorry. I just ran in here unannounced and without an appointment. Oh, that's cool. I knew you would. And that blew Clancy's mind. I couldn't pass up the opportunity to speak to you, my lord. Sure. What's on your mind? And for some reason, Clancy felt confident. Um, like he himself was supposed to be a feedback loop for an eternal consciousness. I think dogs are treated like shit. Go on. The things that are done to dogs by humans are unjust and you shouldn't put up with it. I see. I mean, there's spay and neutering. There's mm. the quality of food we're fed. Well. shock collars and muzzles. And mm. Clancy, forgetting himself, laid it down to his lord, thy god. And don't get me started on dew claws and docking. Oh, docking's a sin. No, docking with the tail when they clip the tail. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking about the penis thing. Right, and I could reach my balls, so I lick them and I get in trouble. Right, well, I've got your complaints now. No, no, you don't. There's more. When God listened to the many grievances of the beagle until Clancy had exhausted himself. I mean, hiding pills and snosses. That's just atrocious. Have you finished? Yeah, I think so. And then God asked the beagle a question. What would you like me to do about it? And Clancy thought about it for one second. I'm gonna go back to being a beagle on Earth again. Okay, well, how does that help your fellow dog? I don't, I don't really care. Then why did you list all those things? Because I was neutered, mm. I had my dew claws removed, mm -hmm. they always took me to the vet, those sons of bitches, right. and they ruined snossages for me with those damn pills. Well... I think you should send me back so I can wage havoc on humanity for the things they've done. No, I invented government for that. Right. Well, send me back and, like, give me magic powers or something. And God thought about it. And as you know, there's nothing that God likes more than messing with stuff that he made. All right, Beagle. I will grant you magic powers. Yes. Only if... I'm listening. If you use them for the betterment of your fellow canine. Right, but not poodles and cocker spaniels, right? Oh, obviously. Fuck those abominations. Right, seriously, you know? Mm -hmm. But now came the question of what kind of superpowers should God give the Beagle? Well, you're already the cutest creature I've ever created. No, obviously. And you already have the eye of the Beagle. I'd say it's why I had the tenacity to come into this room. Indeed. What sort of powers would you like? Mm. And Clancy thought about It'd it. It'd be super cool to be a flying Beagle. He thought to himself. Or to shoot lasers out of my eyes. His imagination went wild. Oh, I know. But there was one power that seemed the most alluring. I would like the power to stop time. And God thought about it. Oh, I don't know. Oh, come on. I don't think I need a beagle messing with the fabric of space-time. I'll use it for good. And so God, knowing the ultimate outcome, said, Ah, fuck it, let's do it. And boom. Just like that, Clancy the time-stopping dog was reborn on Earth. And with his newfound powers and a bit more hubris, he got right to work. Right, how do I stop time? Do I go, stop time? Now I'm, uh, wibbity-bibbity. That was easy. And so Clancy stopped time. And it kept a stop, going from town to town, from pound to pound, unlocking thousands of cages. And then he went from home to home, unlocking gates, and freed all the dogs. And when he restarted time, it was chaotic. Bibbidi -bibbidi. And in one moment, all the dog pounds emptied, and they instinctively gathered around Clancy. My fellow puppies, human beings have clipped our nails and or allowed our nails to grow too long for too long. Under my leadership, we will no longer be forced to wear stupid, degrading clothing, or be named things like poor puddles here. Yeah. If we band together, we can rid this world of the menace that is humans. And Clancy, the dog disciple of God, 
God's message was war, and the humans had no idea that man's best friend had turned. And by the time he realized that K-9 had become K-187, <coughs> mankind was completely decimated. I don't mean enslaved like in Rick and Morty. I mean every single human being was wiped off the face of the earth, including Timmy. Now fuck Timmy, he threw that ball like an idiot. And Clancy the Beagle was named King of the Earth Dog. And in his first act as king, King Clancy declared, Let there never be pills and snossages, and let the streets flow with iams. And all the while, God watched from heaven as the power went to this beagle's head. Me too, Clancy. And at that moment, from inside the crowd of dogs, an enemy to Clancy's crown emerged. A great Dane named Pickles. And as the two of them were about to fight to the death in the gladiator ring, Clancy woke up. No. Clancy, no. who's a buddy? No. What, what were you dreaming about, Clancy? Were you running? No. God damn it, it was a dream. It's time for your snossages. No. Fuck you, I know there's a pill in there. Open wide for the yummy snossages. I wonder what he was dreaming about. Oh, probably how much he loves us and how much he loves snossages. Yeah, probably. No. Okay, once again, three dog down, disappointing. Zero morals were displayed. Life lessons were ignored. Story arcs and plot lines were discarded. And this basically seems like some madness that somebody dreamed up that their dog was dreaming while they were watching them dream because they're creepy. See you next time, children. See how they based a whole story around an angusism? The eye of the beagle. I am this fucking company, Dave. All right, whatever. That was the first of the two brand new three dog down nurse fair rhymes. Right, and here's another one. Now we'll skip the theme songs. Oh, and Angus will sing a sleep, sleep little baby. Sleep little baby, you sleep. Skakas is here to harvest your fears and show you the horrors of life. Scott Kessner's Fairy Rhymes. There, you're welcome. I enhanced your life. It's Scott Kessner's Fairy Rhymes. Really fairy tales, but whatever. Well, hey there, you little grown-up wads of gunk. You know how we usually listen to wonderful stories here? By some of history's most child-hating children's authors? Well, this story is a piece of shit by a piece of shit author called Three Dog Down. It's called Three Kings of Vision. Once upon a time, there were two neighboring kingdoms, and they were both headed by two ambitious kings. The king for the first city. Yeah, I'm that guy. And the king for the second city. That's me. I love my people. They both had different visions on how their kingdoms could flourish. I know just what to do. I think my people will figure it out. And then one day when the two kings met for pleasantries. You want to execute some peasants for made-up crimes? Do I? They discussed their visions. I figured out how to make my kingdom flourish. Oh yeah, how? I've invited all the experts of my kingdom to come and plan our economy. And the king of the first kingdom looked at him and said, well, how do you know who the experts are? And without hesitation, he said, I've got some experts that tell me who the experts are. And the first king said, well, how do you know if the experts that appoint the experts are experts? And the king frustratingly said, Look, it's simple. I'm going to get all the smartest people together, and they're going to figure it out. Now, it's not that the first king was wise. I mean, he was just a dude in a gown wearing a funny hat. It's traditional. It's still a funny hat. Whatever. But he had stumbled across something that his counterpart had not. Right, Mr. Criticism, what's your plan to make your people better? And the first king scratched his balls and said, I'm going to leave him the fuck alone. And that made the second king scratch his head and say, What do you mean you're going to leave him alone? Well, I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a lot more of them than there are of us. Yeah, so. You've heard of a guillotine, right? Look, the people just want fucking food on their plates and a strong hand to tell them what the fuck to do. But that didn't strike the first king as anything he wanted. I'm just gonna let my people figure out how they want to live and then, you know, yeah. deal with it. And this Yikes. baffled the second king. Kind of pissed him off even. You're a fucking idiot and a crazy person. Yeah, well, let's come back in a year and see how your meddling compared to my not meddling does. You're on, fuckface. And the two kings went their separate ways. And the king of the second kingdom, inspired by his recent interaction with his fellow king, summoned the 100 wisest people in his kingdom to the castle. Alright, I'm glad everyone's here. I wish more of you would have bathed. And he addressed his experts. I gathered you all together so you could figure out how to run the economy real good. So, anybody got any ideas? And one brave member of the crowd stood up and asked, uh, Are you giving us the power to run the economy? Well, you're a smart guy, right? Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. And the good. crowd oh, burst yeah. with excitement, for they were the anointed. And for a month, they sat and they planned. And these weren't fucking dummies, that's for sure. So they planned everything. They had charts and they had graphs. They had their plan down to the kind of bread that they thought people would like best. And to how many apples people could have. And when the experts presented their plan to the king, he said, 
said, Nice, this looks pretty good. Looks like I'm doing something. Let's do it. And the plan was put into place. He called it his Let's Do Kick-Ass Things Together plan. And like the two kings had said, they gathered together again to assess how they had done. I've taken control of all the industries, all the factories, all the schools. Even the newspapers run like clockwork. My people are efficient and they love it. And the first king looked at the vein popping out of the second king's forehead and said, I just left people alone and they created this little thing. And the king held up some sort of technological item. What the fuck's that thing? Well, it's a widget and it fits with this widget. And both the kings marveled at the melding of the widgets. That's fucking amazing. How did you do that? I just try to keep the taxes low and get out of people's way. But the second king hated that answer. Get fucked. My experts will make a better widget than that any day. And once again, the two kings parted ways angrily. And the second king went right to his experts and said, Look at this cool fucking thing those lazy cunts next door made. He said, holding up the widget to all his nerds. Why the fuck didn't we make this widget first? And many of the experts said, We need better funding. We could mm-hmm. use better working conditions. Mm-hmm. Cool if you paid us. Um, okay, all of those three are executed. Oh, and no. so he directed his experts to make widgets. I'll show that fuck ass what's up. And for a year, those experts made widgets and nothing but widgets. Yeah, bitches. They made so many of the widgets that the people of the kingdom kind of didn't really like the widgets anymore. No. And it just so happened that the two kings met again for pleasantries. Did you see all the widgets that my experts made? But the lazy king was like, no. Oh, cool, I forgot about those. We're on to these now. The first king said, holding up a device with 60 widgets connected. What the fuck is that? Well, it certainly made our lives easier. How the fuck did you get your people to do that? They just did it. What did you tell them to make them do it? I just get involved when there's fraud, theft, or murder. What? How the fuck would I know how to plan people's lives for them? Give me that thing. And the second king grabbed the big widget device. You're gonna pay for your lackadaisical laissez-faire look at life. Yeah, whatever. And the two kings once again went their separate ways. Now the second king was pissed because he was embarrassed. The initial widgets that he had had his experts spend so much time on were light years away from the device of the other kingdom. I've got an expert harder. He said to like his cat or something. Hold a contest. Who are the smartest people in this entire kingdom? And he did. He had a contest and 100 people were chosen. And he had his initial 100 smart people executed because, you know, why not? They failed me. They failed us all. And so he had his new experts focus their energies on recreating the new device. And all his resources were poured into the project. And on that year mark when the two kings met, he proudly held up the device recreated by his experts. Check this out. It's even better than yours. Wow, how'd you do that? The first king said, examining the beautiful device. Well, my people sacrificed greatly to do it. But as you said, it has improved our lives. Well, that's really cool. Well, check this out. And the first king held out his hand. But I don't see anything. My people were fucking around having fun and they put thousands of little widgets into a tiny form that fit into the palm of my hand. And the second king was baffled. Wait, there's thousands of widgets in there? Yeah, it's cool as fuck, huh? What are you doing to get your people to do this shit? What's your secret? I try to make sure people play fair by the law. Authority check. I let them keep most of the money that they work hard for. Ew, why? They seem to like it. Gross, no. Works. What else? I let the people decide what they like. Well, like poor fucking people? Yeah, everybody. Well, what about your experts? Well, I imagine when they make a good argument or a cool widget, people listen to them. Right, so if you give people freedom... If you don't assert yourself in their lives... Then most of them will just cooperate for their own mutual benefit? Yeah, they make this cool shit. So you're saying I should just let people be the creative forces of ingenuity that they are? Yeah. Right, then what do I get to do? Try and keep the taxes low enough that they don't take your head off? Thanks. And for the first time, the two kings saw eye to eye. Maybe I'll give freedom a chance. Yeah, whatever. But at that moment, a giant army consisting of hundreds of thousands of soldiers directed by the third king came from the third kingdom. Now, fuck. That's not good. For you see why these two kingdoms had their rivalry. The third king built his army. Yep. He stole technology. That's right. He put spies inside both kings' governments. Guilty as charged. And he pitted the people of the kingdoms against each other in a strategy known as divide and conquer. You guys should have maybe invested in like a moat or something. The third king said as he slaughtered everyone. The end. 
Yikes, what was that about? Is that Mike Mix right? That's not good. A lot of the claims in this make a lot of not sense. And all the chitter in that. Overall, I would say Three Dog Down stories make me feel like we're spinning around the toilet drain faster and faster. Godspeed, cunts. Alright, now as Dave and I said previously, the script keeper and his crew are busy putting together these ISBs. Now the first and second and a few other interactive scat books. Angus has to admit it's a cool way to have a podcast on your hand. Right, and everyone at Scatcast wants to thank you for buying these things. Well, this first one's got like a box set and shit. You can get the box set version. Yeah. I still don't know why it's for my neighbor band. They're just screaming. Um, you know, a lot of people like heavy metal. Well, Angus likes heavy metal, Dave, but if you can't understand the lyrics, and you know, some of those lyrics are rough. Not pretty rough. I mean, you write shitty lyrics, Dave, but boy. I don't even write the lyrics for our band. I know. Whatever, the Lilac City Nightmare Band, you can get their Garage Band Manifesto Interactive Scat Book. Yeah, pre-order it today and get it whenever the mail feels like it. Yeah, everybody's hurrying, but March 10th is your deadline. I guess your name in the book. Now let's do some more Nurse Fairy Rhymes, Dave. Right, this one's called The Black Sheep and the Raven. It's Scott Kessner's Fairy Rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tale. <laughs> But whatever. And sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. It's time for some motherfucking stories, motherfuckers. I mean, hi, Chitrins. Fucking, none of this is your fucking fault. Narrator guy, just a little tired. Pretty sick of this Angus guy, that's for sure. And also pretty sick of you Chitrins' faces. This is called Black Sheep and the Raven. I'm gonna fill in for Angus, actually. You're not that much better. Whatever. Once upon a time, there was this farm in, I don't know, fucking Idaho. And on his farm was like a, whatever, a herd of sheep. <laughs> I guess it's a flock. Whatever, it smells like sheep ass. But in the flock and or herd or gaggle, I don't fucking know. One day a little black sheep was born. <laughs> man. And the little black sheep was treated kind of poorly by the other sheep. Uh, what's wrong with you? The biggest of the young sheep asked. Nothing, man. The black sheep responded. You're stupid, man. Another of its sibling sheep said. Yeah. But as the baby sheep grew, they were taught the rules of the farm in many ways. The old horse taught them the value of hard work. So if you work really hard, they brush you. And that's yeah, good. Yeah, no thanks. They brush really hard. Yeah, they brush hard. And they learned the pecking order from the pigs. Hey, can I have some food, too? Fuck off. Said one of the lowest pigs on the totem pole. Well, that's instructive, man. The black sheep said, and as he grew, there were more and more influences on the farm. His fellow sheep taught him most of the rules. Dude, you gotta eat this plant right here, bro. Right, thanks, man. Bruh. And as a black sheep matured, he started to believe that the culture of the farm was not for him. It's not that I don't like the farm. He said to his closest friend, the squirrel, uh-huh. It's just that I can see that the pasture's greener from right here. Bruh. Look, it's greener. Bruh. He said, pointing his hoof at a beautiful grassy meadow just outside the fence. Oh, yeah, it's cool over there. Bruh. The little squirrel said, The farmer and the sheepdog and all my peers keep saying I won't survive outside this fence. Well, the black sheep said as the squirrel kind of just looked at him funny. I'm gonna go get the fuck out of here. And the squirrel got the fuck out of there. Meanwhile, the other sheep were really starting to not like black sheep. Uh, fuck that fucking sheep. Yeah, he's a traitor to the farm. Yeah. He's a danger to the greater good. Greater good. Greater good. <laughs> no, we're supposed to do it in unison like this. Greater <laughs> good. There we go. Now we deserve love. And the other sheep plotted against the black sheep, but not because they were mean, but because black sheep had very contrarian viewpoints. He came across as both a dumb fucking idiot and also pompous and condescending. But I just want to be left alone, man. He would say all the time and he'd talk about Bitcoin and fuck. Uh, Blockchain is the future, bitch. Anyway, he made himself very uneasy to like. Black sheep's a dick. Yeah. And then one day, black sheep met a raven. Do, 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 do. Oh, wow. What are you, man? Mm, oh, hey. Yeah, I'm a raven. Do you mind telling me what's it like out there beyond the fence? What? You mean freedom? Freedom? No, you know freedom. The thing that makes you your own whatever the fuck you are. Yeah, man, I'm a sheep. All right, little fuzzy sheep. Man. Freedom is taking responsibility for how you act and how you cooperate with others without coercion. Uh -huh. It's a pursuit of happiness without harming others. Okay. And from that day on, the raven met with the little black sheep. Good morning, Mr. Raven. Black sheep said. Yeah, good morning, little fuzzy thing. You got the corn? Man, I got the corn. And the black sheep read books by George Borwell, Aldous Horsley, Ray Donkey Burrow, Ludwig von Maus, F.A. Hamster, Carl Schott.
sharks and Frederick Anglers and even Ein Ravenclaw. <laughs> and one day after reading all these things, the raven came to the black sheep and said, I've only got one lesson left for you. <laughs> Everything's just information. <laughs> all the ideologies are stupid as fuck. Not a single one of them could be right about everything, not one. <laughs> They're more than likely wrong about most things. <laughs> but they could be fundamentally wrong about the nature of all things. And the raven gave the sheep a final book. But all the pages are blank. They said to the raven, Oh shit, are you serious? I thought I brought you some mackerel bakunin or chicken minster fuller. And with that, the raven flew away. Now look me up if you ever get out. And the black sheep was sad, mainly because all the very different ideas that he had learned were basically things for animals to fight over. They're just information. Shut the fuck up, black sheep. Yeah, let's get it. And over the years, the black sheep felt less and less a part of the herd. And he often tried to escape, but the black sheep didn't necessarily want to leave the farm. He just wanted the freedom to come and go as he pleased. All I really want is to live in that meadow. And years went by and things got worse between the black sheep and his family. I can't take another Christmas with that fucking guy. <laughs> and more and more black sheep felt either he was being validated or completely fucking delusional. Consciousness is fucking confusing. And then one day the raven returned. Hey, black sheep, come here. Is that you, raven? And the raven asked for a favor. This evening I want you to help me open the gate. And the black sheep was puzzled. Why would he want this? Why do you want this? After all these years you never figured out how to free yourself so I thought I'd come help you. And the black sheep was a bit embarrassed. Have I failed some sort of task? Now meet me near the gate after everyone's gone to bed. And because the raven was the only one the black sheep ever really related to, he gladly met with the raven. Yeah, man, I'm ready to leave. No oh, good. I need you to lift that part with your head and I'm going to pull this little pin thing, okay? This here? Yeah, on the count of three. One, two, three. And the bird and the little black sheep opened the gate. Excuse me. Yeah, excuse me. Two wolves said as they walked right through the gate and into the farm and slaughtered all the animals in the farm oh, and then also killed the black sheep because fuck everyone, that's why. You're important, but you're a tiny little fucking thing on a rock riding around the fucking sun in the vacuum of space with a whole bunch of other fucking fiery things. You think you're going to get justice in this world? Good fucking luck. A supernova just exploded, for fuck's sake. Oh, galaxies are going extinct as we speak. You okay, man? Are we the only little ball in space that's up each other's asses over ideas? Who the fuck wrote this episode? Okay. Uh, pretty sure that wasn't Brothers Grimm or Hans Christian Andersen. And again... Not sure what the point of any of that was at all. Kind of seems like a free flow consciousness from a crazy person. Enjoy your week, chitrins. Right, you're listening to a whole lot of Angus on Skycast 60. It's Angus Overload. I'm telling you, I am this network. Yeah, we hear you in every single cast meeting. I should be paid more than all y'all. Here's another nurse fairy rhyme from Three Dog Down called... It's called The Cat, The Dog, The Raven, The Coyote, and The Eagle. It is actually called that. Three Dog Down's a dipshit day. That might be true. Here we go. It's got cuss nursery rhymes. (laughs) Really fairy tales, but whatever. Well, look at that nasty goop your 70 trillion cells coalesced into. Why, it's quite the mess called you. Welcome back to Skycast Nurse Fairy Rhyme. This is a story from Three Dog Down that's awful. It's called the cat, the dog, and the coyote. And I'm almost certain if you laugh at any of this, it'll go on your permanent record. Okay. Let's do it. Once upon a time, there was a cat. Meow. And it was a city cat. I get my meow mix from DoorDash. And life was tight AF. I sleep, eat, and murder bugs. And sometimes I get pets. Pretty decent life. Also, I piss and shit in a box and humans just clean it. Make sure you rethink the quality of your life. We cats own you. And as you can tell, the cat's comfort was matched only by its confidence. But then one day, the humans that fed them and cleaned out the shit box betrayed the kitty. What the fuck is this? The cat asked as it looked at a four-legged intruder. Hello. The baby quadruped 
bird said. What the fuck are you supposed to be? I'm a puppy. The puppy said with that cute puppy breath. Oh, I am pissing on things and puking in shoes. The cat said in protest, and it did. And it also clawed furniture and terrorized the fuck out of that puppy. Dude, you just clawed my eye. What's your problem? The puppy pleaded. I think it's obvious that you're the problem. You ruined my life. And that was the fact. Inside the mind of that cat, its life was completely ruined. And everything that puppy did. I brought you some extra kibble. <laughs> oh, my face! The kitty would choose to respond with violence. I brought you my favorite toy. Oh, thank you. Oh, my ass and face! And eventually the puppy couldn't even sleep without keeping one eye open. I know that cat's out there. I'm just so tired. <laughs> and on and on it went. Fuck. Now, besides living in constant threat of a little kitty assassin. Please help. Life was pretty good for the puppy. Yeah, pretty good. His owners gave him great kibble. I eat I-ams. Yeah, it's I-ams, you four-legged shit machine. Whatever. He had lots of toys. I chew out the squeakers so it's harder for the cat to find me. And when he needed to take a shit, all he had to do was whine at the door and out he went. I love my little fenced yard. And the only stresses in his life came from an adversarial squirrel. Fuck you, Nazi! Nazis, Nazis! You know I'm gonna fucking eat your Nazis, Nazis! And other such tomfoolery. So like I said, the good life. Yeah. Except for the cat, you know, lurking in the shadows. Right. His kitty! Oh, and then something dumb as fuck happened. Okay. The politicians ordered the printing of money what? to pay for promises they never intended to keep. Mm. All to be re-elected. Which, like always, caused a surplus of money. Okay. Chasing too few goods and services. Mm. Thus being the simplified, but pretty well fucking established mm. definition of inflation. Okay. And due to this sudden, reckless, but enormous mm. fluctuation in the value of currency for the poor and middle class, the cat and dog's parents were forced to move. Why is my scratching post in a box? And they couldn't afford fancy feasts no more. What other sorts of feasts are there? Oh, that cat was about to find out. For when their long journey in the car stuck in their kennel cabs was over, they found their new living environment was the countryside. Um, fucking no, I do not approve of this shit. Well, there's a lot of weird smells out there. And they were both pretty freaked out when they saw the vastness of the forest. Yeah, consider me an indoor cat forever now. And at that moment, a raven flew down and startled both the dog and the cat. Oh shit, what the fuck are you? I don't like this. Yeah, I'm a raven, calm down. The raven said, what do you want from us? The cat asked. Look, I can tell you're new here, yeah. so I wanted to give you some advice. And the dog and cat listened with skepticism. Build a fucking fence. The raven said, pointing at the vast openness. Like immediately. But the dog and cat were puzzled. What the fuck are you talking about? We don't have thumbs. The dog said, looking at the place where his dewclaw used to be. It's not like we have any money. The cat added. I'm just saying your priority should be a fence because this is very dangerous. And the dog and the cat looked at each other. The cat fighting its urge to claw the dog's face. God damn, I hate you so much. This is probably your fault. What are you talking about? The dog pleaded. 30 pound bags of I am. All those dog biscuits and bagging strips. Come you on. fucking ate them out of house and no. home, didn't you? And the dog and cat began to slip into their old pattern. I have to eat. You could have just eaten your own poop like the neighbor dog. But little did they know the neighbor dog had eaten too much poop and died while they had been traveling. Wait, what? I ate some of that poop. But that's not important. Let's no, move on. I'm serious. I ate some of that. Now the raven had another warning. Look, as soon as you can build that fence, build it, because there's coyotes. Again, the dog and cat looked at each other. What are coyotes? Those sound like Star Wars things. Are those Star Wars things? And the raven just smiled. You guys really need to build a fence. And don't trust the coyotes. And then he flew off into the trees. Oh my god, we've been relocated to hell. So the dog said cowering. Whatever, like I said, indoor cat. And so the dog and cat tried to adapt to their new life. While there was no longer brand name Kitty Shit's hand, the humans still removed the poop from the box every day. That's right, you fucking peasants. And the humans had taken to feeding the cat tuna fish. They should wonder why their food is less expensive than my food. But the dog had a different life. Fuck. For he was not allowed to shit in a box. Oh. And each time he went outside, he could feel the beady eyes of what felt like hundreds of creatures watching him. Am I supposed to shit under these conditions? And each time he was done, he would sprint back to the house. Oh, fuck, 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 fuck. And in through the dog door, a two-way portal between normality and potty hell. I think I'd rather shit on the carpet and have my face rubbed in it. And he often did. Just stay the fuck away from my box. And then one night when the dog was trying to take a shit outside. Oh, fuck, come on, unclench, unclench. The raven flew down again. <laughs> oh, fuck, what are you doing? I'm taking a shit here. But the raven had a warning. I thought I'd let you know you are about to be attacked by coyotes. Wait, what? Then I told you to build a fence. I don't even speak the language of my owner. And with those words, he was attacked. Three coyotes came out from the woods, and the blackbird flew off. I tried to warn you. But before the dogs had come to his attackers, here came the kitty. Claw to the face, claw to the face, and the coyotes ran off. You saved me. What the fuck ever? Get in the fucking house. And the dog and cat began to bark. I still fucking hate you, but I'm not going to claw your eyes out today. Thanks. And the poor dog learned to poop and piss on the run. <laughs>
God. But then one day, the worst possible scenario occurred. In the hubbub of a busy human day, when the dog and the cat had both ventured out to get a little bit of sun, they heard the little door on the dog door slide closed. Oh, fuck, what's that? Oh, my God, we're locked out. And they were. And while they were scared during the day, as night crept on, their fear was cranked to maximum. We're gonna fucking die. I fucking hate our humans. And once again, the raven came down to say something. Oh, God, what is it, raven? Yeah, I noticed you still haven't built a fence. Yeah, we're working on it. The human language is hard to penetrate, but I'm working on it. It sounds like meow, meow. No, that's not right. That's the best I can do. And then the raven cocked his head and said, I thought I'd let you guys know again the coyotes are coming. Wait, what? Yeah, there's way more of them this time. And the dog and the cat trembled even harder. But at that moment, they heard a whimper. Wait, what's that sound? The dog asked. Who cares? We need to smash a window to get back in the house. The cat reasoned, but the dog knew that sound. That's the sound of a distressed baby animal. And the raven cocked his head again and said, What are you, stupid? That's the coyotes trying to trick you. But the dog didn't care. That's a risk I have to take. Don't do it, said the cat, who was just batting at the window with his paw. It's easier to break glass when it's just on a table and I can push it over. And the dog headed off towards the sound. I'm coming, baby animal. He said, working up his courage. And then the raven said, Well, you're stupid as fuck. I tried to warn you. And it flew away. I'm coming. And when the dog reached the whimpering animal, he found it was indeed a pack of coyotes. Oh, fuck. I told you, stupid. The raven said from a tree above, Nobody fucking listens to me. And just like before, the cat came sprinting to the rescue of the dog. Only I get to claw that dumb dog, stupid dumb dog face. But when the cat saw how many coyotes there were, oh shit, nuggets. Its nine lives flashed before its face. Goddamn, I slept a lot. And as the coyotes descended upon the domesticated friends, a giant eagle came down and saved the day. What the fuck? Oh, hey, dudes. The eagle said, Thank you for saving us. The dog said to the eagle, oh. Seriously, we were fucked. The cat said with a tear in its eye. And then the eagle snatched oh, up both of them, no. crushed their heads, and ate them. The end. Wait, that was the end? What, yep. what the actual fuck? Mm -hmm. What's the moral of that story? Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with that. I'm pretty sure all the children left. Yeah. That's the worst story I've ever heard. I'm writing an angry worded email. Dear Kens, you ruin stories. And I hate your stupid face. And also, see you next week, children. You know, one of the strengths of this show, Dave, yeah. is the copious amounts of Angus. Right, we know. You know, one of the things that suck about this show? Not enough Angus. Well, certainly that, but I was going to say the writing. <laughs> right. Very so hard, not a fan. Right, well, here's another nurse fairy rhyme from Three Dog Down. Well, this one's preachy and stupid, too. Engage. It's got cuss nursery rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Well, hello, chitchens. I can't think of a better fairy tale than electing people to rule over you and thinking that's good, but it does sound better to say represent and to vote, and I hope your vote made you feel good. In the spirit of that, here's a nurse fairy rhyme called the elephant and the donkey. Garbage in, garbage out. Once upon a time, there was an elephant. Excuse me, I'm an elephant coming through. And he was the most powerful animal in the zoo. Hey, nice to see you. And the other powerful animals of the zoo, like the tigers and buffaloes and shit, they supported the elephant for leader of the zoo. Hey, whatever we can do, said one of the animals. I'll scratch your back if you scratch my back, said another corrupted animal. You decide. And so the elephant and his powerful friends began to plan their campaign to run the zoo. But deep within the Chitrin's petting zoo within the zoo, oh, yeah. another candidate was being groomed. Or brushed, maybe. Oh, yeah, right there, that's the spot. It was the donkey. Um, yeah, or something. And the donkey also thought it could be in charge of the zoo. I'm going to fundamentally change the zoo. The donkey said to all the other animals that could hear him, then I'm going to fight for you, the little animal. And that message resonated with all the animals that people didn't give a fuck about at the zoo. And so the less powerful animals put their support behind the donkey. Nice. But running elections was difficult and expensive. And the donkey knew that he needed a few powerful animals to back him as well. And the powerful animals like the lion and cheetah and shit, they were like, all right, we'll play both sides against the middle. Nice. And so the donkeys had powerful animals as well. And the elephant was like, fuck, they got the powerful animals and the will of the common animal. And so the elephant, with the help of an intellectual squirrel, yeah. worked tirelessly to convince many of the animals that they too could be powerful and that people would pay to see them. You too can have fans like the lion or the seals. And the zoo was divided. I think I could be as popular as the lion, said the sloth. All animals should have equal billing on all sides, said a giraffe or some shit. And just before election day, the animals had a debate. I'll feed all of you and we'll share in our prosperity, said the donkey. I'll protect all of you and you can be whatever you want to be, said the elephant. And that's when the attack ad started. My opponent will let outside 
outside animals come and steal your food. My opponent only cares about food portions for the popular animals. He wants to destroy the zoo. He hates babies and old animals. That donkey is corrupt. That elephant's a cunt. And they were both right, and so went the battle until election day. And while only about half the animals came out to vote, when all the votes had been counted, and the elephant and donkey teams were standing together in their selected headquarters, the results were finally announced. The winner was the owners of the zoo. Because unbeknownst to the animals of the zoo, the zoo was shut down, everything had been sold, and all the animals were scheduled for termination to be used as hot pocket meat. The end. Okay, I'm pretty sure that wasn't Aesop's fables. It was hardly even a story, more of a diatribe. But let's see if we can unpack that. Government is dumb and obsolete, and people promise shit often that they can't deliver, and ideologies often miss the bigger picture. Also, again, fuck talking animals. Bye, children. Angus and Dave, we're back. That's right. And we're investigating some of the things going inside the very first interactive scat book. Now, besides the scat book itself, which has downloads and streaming code, it's future molisticals. Now, the VIP book for 100 bucks, it gets your name in the book. Cool. But then you get two button sets, two sticker packs, a handbill for the live at the Slime Shed show. We're out in a VIP laminate. Now, plus a Lilac City Nightmare Band pick. Which allegedly there's a dick on it. Right, plus a supersized two-inch pick. Which has no dick. Right, plus there's signed images of the band. Right, and I saw something that I'm not supposed to tell everyone about. Now we're not supposed well, to tell. Because so many of you bought these already. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Scatcast has decided to launch something else cool. A little surprise in each of these. It's just a little something fun. Right. Well, a lack of Angus again, but I'm looking forward to when Angus gets his now, turn. For those of you that like supporting Scatcast and maybe don't want to do Patreon, mm. or maybe do. Right. We hope this is a fun way for you to do it. They're just going to waste the money, Dave. Yeah, I'm bailing you out of jail. Yeah. All right, here's another nurse fairy round. This is Three Dog Downs, The Blood Shirt, and The Beast. Dumb. That's what Steve says, dumb. Right, well, go. It's Scatcast Nursery Rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Well, we're not sure this one can be called any of those things. Garbage fire shitstorm from hell is possible, but in Scatcast Nursery Fairy Rhymes, anything's fucking possible. We call this story The Blood Shirt and The Beast. And it comes from brothers Tim and Steve. It was Tim and, Tim and Steve did it. This one's gonna suck. Real bad. Once upon a time, there was a red shirt named Nine. And he had found himself aboard a spaceship that had gone rogue. Now, over the course of the last several weeks, many a crew member wearing the same color shirt as he had disappeared while on board. There were whispers of a monster living in the rafters. I heard it's a xenomorph. One of the twelve identically cloned red shirts said to number nine. No, a xenomorph would have killed us all by now, responded number nine. I heard the monster is the creature that owns this fucking freaky-ass flying hotel, said number three. His blood red shirt shimmering with that nice black stripe right around the neck. We do look sharp. Oh yeah, sharp as fuck. And the clones proceeded to laugh at each other's jokes because they're stupid. But number nine was a little different from the others. Some say they used too much clone goo. Some say not enough. But he seemed to think for himself. And one night, he just decided to wake up and walk to a restricted area and go inside. The fuck's in here? And immediately upon entry, number nine could feel his blood turn to ice. Mainly because the security systems in that room were designed to turn blood to ice. He had entered a room like he'd never seen on a ship before. He was assigned janitorial duties half the day. But this was a room he wasn't allowed to clean. What the fuck is this place? He said to his little floating robot buddy. The robot said in random gibberish. What are these tubes? The red-shirted man scanned the scene. There were rows and rows of giant glass vats filled with bodies. It's like a nightmare. It wasn't cloning. For in each vat, there was a different species of creature. Holy shit. There were Bringles and Boozles and Flab Gun Lords and Smoozles and Dick Bickles and Bubbity Bickwids. And they also had a Wookiee. Plus four Gungans, a Rodarian, three Vulcans, and a Guawuld. Wow. Although the red shirt had seen a lot, this can't be legal. He feared to go any further in the giant room. Hey, D1X, take a wave of this room so we have evidence. What do you mean, wave technology shielded? And I guess that was kind of a robot insult. Hey, basically said that your poop is your brains. Great. Right, ignore me. Right. And as the room started to kind of growl at him, he got the fuck out and headed back towards his barracks. What the fuck was all that, D1X? He asked his little droid buddy as he stopped by the bathroom. The droid said about his mother, whatever. That was fucking nightmare fuel in there. 
Now you say that every time I go to the bathroom. I don't leak, you leak. Yeah, yeah, fly to the navigator. That movie's from the 80s. Rats, I don't know what's going on there, but suddenly a sound startled him. What is that, D1X? But the little fucking droid flew the fuck out of the room. The D1X! The bathroom shook and the three little seashells fell off the shelf, but then it stopped. He quickly put his dick away. That's definitely gonna stain. And he hustled back to his barracks. Nine, where have you been? Asked clone number four from his bunk. I was just going to the bathroom. Nine said, crawling into his bunk under four. Dude, I've been in the bathroom like four or five times. You've not been in there. Four said accusatorily. Look, can you keep a secret, four? Nine said to four, with his sparkling red jammies on. Just tell me where you were, four said to nine. This ship has a secret laboratory on it. Nine said as he explained the huge vats filled with creatures. Dude, how could you go into a restricted area? Number four said, jumping to the floor. What? Security on this ship is stupid. Nine said as he sat up. It makes us all look bad if you fuck up. Number four said, putting his finger in number nine's chest. Back the fuck up, four, or I will knock that beautiful grin off that beautiful face. And as the clones got louder, the others gathered around. What the hell are you guys doing? Number three asked in his little red boxers. I'm glad you're all here, number nine said as he turned to face them. We're trying to sleep, you fuck ass. Number eleven said because he definitely wasn't made with enough goo. I went into a restricted room on the ship, and there's a crazy fucking lab in there, he said to the eleven identical faces looking back at him. You sound defective, dude, said number six. I'm serious, there's monsters in there? And then I was in the bathroom and something is loose. He said, grabbing one of his fellow red shirts who was wearing a red waff beater. Dude, let go of me. Number like, who cares, seven said, I don't know. Wait, so you're saying there is a monster loose? One of those cunts said. I mean, there were vats that had nothing in them, he speculated. But the vents when I was in the bathroom, I think there's something killing red shirts. And the red shirts gathered and they discussed, because they had all felt the same thing. Something's wrong with this place. It's like haunted or something. There really is a monster. Uh, maybe we're the monsters. Shut the fuck up, too. What? And then again, they laughed at each other's jokes, because they're cunts. You guys have to listen to me. We have to get off the ship. The look in number nine's eyes was something they all could recognize, because it was all their faces, too. Well, isn't this something we can tell the captain? Number 10 said as he picked shit out of his teeth with a toothpick. Dude, none of us have even ever seen the captain before. Number 4 said, we still should report it. Shut the fuck up, too. Fuck you, Eleven. Fuck me, I'll fuck you. Fuck you have to break it up. Break it up. <laughs> and the clones started making out because they're highly attracted to each other because they look like each other and they're very narcissistic. Alright, we're clones after a Garthonian warlord slash actor, so I mean, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, have you seen this bone structure? Mm -hmm. Yeah, look at these fucking teeth, bro. <clears throat> even in the future, you can't pay for these teeth. I have no idea what clones said, what, who cares. But after the meeting of the minds of the clones, they eventually took their little red shirt asses and went to bed. And as they all dreamt their little stupid synchronized dreams, a creature crept. A creature so hideous that a person would vomit with terror and through their fright be paralyzed and choke on that vomit and die. I guess that's happened several times. And as the creature approached his bed, number nine woke up and he looked over to see... Holy fuck! Hello! It's kind of a weird combination of a bug, a reptile, some sort of rodent, and also a beer keg. Did you go into my lab? The fugly monster said. What? Number nine was in shock, but he noticed that all of his other fellow clones were still asleep. Please don't kill me. Oh, sorry. Lights on. And the room lit up. Huh? And the red shirt was even more frightened at the sight of the monster. Okay, no, it's me, I'm the captain of the ship. Eh? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Hey, hey, did you go into my lab? Uh, uh, yes, sir. And I guess Captain Dr. Smoggy hey. put his gangly little paw on top of the man's shoulder. Hey, hey, don't worry, your Captain Smoggy's not angry at you. He said as snot dripped from his nose and also from this little hole in his neck. Hey, 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 oh, oh, God. You know, in a way, you have chosen yourself to be first. Eh? Dr. Smoggy dripped. And then Dr. Smoggy <laughs> proceeded to eat every single clone in the room because that was what the whole point was. Those clones were also inside Dr. Smoggy's lab. Bow, bow, Hey, that's me. 
Dr. Schmogie? Yes, little Billy from Earth. What is it? What was all that screaming? Oh, I was just in my lab. I was having a snack. Now, why did you come back to Earth for me? Oh, little Earth Billy. Your story barely had a beginning, eh? I mean, you took me into space and scared the shit out of hey, me. What if I told you that you were the last starfighter, eh? With a what? I'm going to take you to Space Academy. To where? It's on Mars. I teach on Mars. Eh? Uh, space Academy? Yeah, space Academy. You learn how to do space shit, eh? Okay. So that you can learn how to be the last starfighter, eh? I don't know. Why? Why, why me? Because you're good at video games and your father is Gunnar Halifax. Okay. Also because, fuck yeah, let's do this shit. Do what? Book of Schmogie's doing Last Starfighter. Okay. You got this shit, Billy. Please stop shaking You're me. the Last Starfighter, Billy. <laughs> All right, citizens. I don't know what the moral of that was, or the point, or who the heroes were. And that certainly wasn't a nursery rhyme or a fairy tale. I mean, it was in space, so and there's no magic, just killing, just pointless killing. Next time, Chitrin. Next time. Dr. Schmokey is waving us. Put him up on the screen, Lieutenant Bambi. It's really not a screen, it's a hologram. Just make the picture thing do the thing. Right. Hey, hey Captain. Oh, I fucking forgot about him. Off screen, off screen. Right, again, it's a hologram. Um, audio only. Hey, fuck you, Captain. Hey. Where the fuck are you? Hey, what? I'm captaining my ship. Oh, I forgot you have your own ship. Hey, fuck yeah. I hope you see me mooning the wave monitor. It's really like a hologram. I'm punching where your hologram face used to be. Hey, why? What's the problem, eh? Well, we ran into some Rancorians, and their selected ideology was, uh. They're into fucked up shit. That's right, Lieutenant Sight said. Fucked up shit. They are into fucked up shit. They be trying to fillet the slavs like the fishes. No idea what he just said. We're all fucked up, Dr. Schmogis. Hey. Look here, alien. I've got a lot of injured crew here, and you're the doctor. Hey, yeah, but it's not like you pay me. You're a fucking rich guy. Hey. Or whatever you fucking are. Hey, why does Dr. Schmogie hang around with us? Hey, that is a good question. We've asked that before. I vaguely remember that. Is this part of an outreach program that my species is doing to uh, help with tourism to our planets? And, uh... I'm pretty sure Dr. Schmogie has erased our memories. No, I'm fucking hey, certain of it at this point. You hey. fucking alien Hey, no, no, no. Hey. Also, I'm missing a whole container of clone goo. Hey. And one of my warlord templates. Hey. Just bring your four ass, have an ass back to my ship so he can fix up my crew. Hey, I can't really. Right now, I'm kind of busy. Okay, well, Lieutenant Gregerson's injured. Hey, okay. Well, I thought you and he were buddies. He's at least not a total cunt. Right, well, he's just hanging on to life currently. Hey. Now, Lieutenant Bambi, bring him up on the wave monitor so Dr. Schmogie can see him. Right, it's beyond bad. <laughs> what is it, Captain? I'm nothing, Lieutenant Gregerson. I just wanted Dr. Schmogie to see you dying there. You know, just about to die. <laughs> okay. Hey, sorry you're dying, eh? Oh, thanks, alien dude. <coughs> Whatever, take him off. Yes, Captain. Dr. Schmunker, just bring your fugliness back. Hey, I'll be back in a couple weeks, Captain. We're not taking a vacation. What are you talking about? Uh, Gunner Halifax and Book of Schmogie will be running. No, don't say simultaneously, it. Simultaneously. No, we're going heavy sci-fi in November, eh? Uh, yes, Captain. Whatever. Are you nearby? Uh, what, why? Fire four-ton torpedoes at his stupid ship. Yeah, Captain, he's not in range. I don't even think he's nearby. Uh, fuck you, Captain. Your son is on board. Wait, what? Uh, hi, Dad. Beep is Bordak and fuck Nars. Fire four-ton torpedoes. Fuck you. Book of Schmogie. Right, so I feel like Nurse Fair Rams in space is kind of jumping the shark. Okay. Kind of a crossover nobody asked for. I, I think it was a way to sneak in Gunner Halifax shit. They best not do that again, Dave. Right, well, here's another one. It's called The Wizard, The Knight, and The Pigeon. Well, oh, fuck. They did it again, Dave. Right, well, it's not canon, though. Non-cannibalistical. No, there we go. It's Scott Kessner's rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. All right, this one's going to be fucking weird. There's another one from the brothers Tim and Steve, and it's really not going to help anybody learn about anything. It's probably even a piss poor way to waste your time. But fuck you and your cranial meat, Chitrins. This one's called The Wizard. Wizard, the knight, and the pigeon. Yeah, it's that pigeon. There we go. And once upon a time, in a place called Marnia, from the small town of Shirington, Shireville, lived a knight. Yeah, they've met me before. Now, though he was given the title of knight, he was knighted by a drunken king two towns over. Yeah, he did nick my ear a little bit. So this knight was largely unproven. I went through knight school, and then one day, while he was visiting his mother, he noticed a wizard was leaving the house while he was entering. Oh, hey there. The wizard said, Yeah, who are you? Yeah, name's Bill. I'm an insurance seer. But the knight knew that that man was the wizard. Well, lion-ass 
wizard. I really wondered what the fuck he was doing leaving his mom's house. Mom, who the fuck was that guy? Yeah. And as time went on, the knight fell in love with a beautiful maiden named Velveeta. Loved him boobs. But the knight was kind of a jackass. Now, hold on. And he didn't have his shit together. You know, our normal narrator already gives me a lot of shit. Yes, I do. No, ignore me. What the fuck? And so the knight decided he needed to start hunting monsters. Well, I mean, it is Marnius full of that shit. Ignore me, you idiot. Right. And so he began fighting monsters in his neighborhood. First, there was a little gremlin that kept stealing beer. A gremlin. Yeah. Then there was a rogue band of dark fairies that kept putting holes in laundry. Come here, you flying cunts. Fuck yeah, I could be a monster slayer. He thought to himself, come here, you little fucker. And then finally, he slayed an animal that was actually a threat to someone. Holy fuck, there's an orc. An adolescent orc had stumbled near Shirington Shireville. Hey, I don't mean any harm. I just got lost. Can you help me find my way? The orc said as Liam approached, fuck all orcs. The knight said as he sliced the head off the orc. Oh. Fuck yeah. And so the knight's confidence grew. I am basically a monster slayer at this point. But he wasn't, because a slayer in the land of Marnia was a specialized warrior that dedicated decades to the art of monster slaying. Yeah, I killed an orc. He said to everyone he met, call me Liam the Orc Punisher. And most everyone in Shirington, Shireville, thought Monster Hunter Guy was a dick. Oh, come on, but I killed an orc. It was a baby orc. You're a fucking monster. Oh, come on. And over time, he killed more quote-unquote monsters in the area. I die, you demon raccoon. Hey, stop, mister. Oh. That's just a regular raccoon. Oh, yeah. He even met a half-man, half-elf named Daedriel. Dude, who braids your hair? Well, actually, I do it myself. And together, he and Daedriel went out and did a whole bunch of dumb shit. Dude, we should go to the orc woods and kill more orcs. He posited road trip, bitches. And the two traveled north, each riding the nicest horses that they could afford. Daedriel rode a beautiful stallion of white, while the knight rode a donkey. Yeah, but I named him Shadowfax, so he sounds cool. After a long ride, they camped near the town of Buckethead, and Daedriel looked to the sky and said, Red sky at night, orcs will be your plight. Okay. Red sky in the morning. Watch your fucking back for orcs, because we're an orc country. Take one. Right, well, we're here hunting orcs, so. And the two camped for the night, tethering their stallion and donkey to a tree. Uh, good night, Daedriel. Uh, good night, Liam. And the two went to sleep, but when the night awoke, we uh, found that Daedriel had disappeared. Where the fuck? And the stallion and donkey were gone as well. Goddamn. And also that he was surrounded by orcs. Nice, ugly fuckers. But instead of killing Liam, the orcs took him back to their little orc den and tossed him in a little dungeon to be eaten later. Ow, fuck, you don't have to push. And it was there in the bowels of the orc camp, deep within the earth, that Liam heard a voice. Hey, what you in for? Who said that? Liam asked into the darkness. Oh, hey. What are you? Just a talking horse. The talking horse said, I don't mean to be rude, talking horse, because I've never met a talking horse before. Okay. But you have shit everywhere in here. Yeah, I'm a horse. I, I mean everywhere. I've been in here for like a week. And the two became fast friends. Now go fuck yourself, oh, Liam. Whatever, dick. And eventually they came up with an escape plan. I got it. And it basically consisted of the knight laying on the ground. Here I go. Pretending to be sick, and yeah. when an orc came to check on him, the horse kicked him in the face. Yeah, I did. And then the knight rode the horse out of the fucking kill. Go, go, go. Well done, horse. And the knight said, Well, I'm your horse now. And the two rode off with the knight thinking of his friend Daedriel, not knowing what became of his half-elf, half-human fate. Fucking Daedriel's fucking dead. I should probably go look for him or some shit, but he never did. Instead, he went to see his mom. Yeah, hey, mom. And once again, the wizard was leaving. Hey, what the fuck? Oh, hey there, sport. The wizard said, ribbing the knight. I'm looking good, kid. Yeah, I was just in an orc prison for several days. Right, well, here's a shekel. What the Give fuck? your mom my regards. Whatever. And the knight explained his situation to his mother, and her solution was banishment. Wait, I gotta leave Shirington Shireville? Yeah. And so the knight, accompanied by his talking horse, you don't own a brush by chance, do you? But what now? Prepared to set out into the big open Marnia and find his fortune as a slayer so that one day he could have enough money to come back and win back his love, Velveeta. Right, something like that. And then blah, 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 the wizard joined. His mom asked me to. And then blah, 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 they did some stuff. Goddamn. Then they made a slayer guy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm an actual slayer. Yeah, but your name's Barfield. Then the wizard dragon semen turned the guy into a pigeon. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Does this story have a point? That's what I've been saying for a year. I mean, I'm flipping through this and there's really nothing to speak of. 
of that. I mean, who cares? What are you talking about? I've been on like three Odysseys. And Barfield's pretty much ridden all of Marnia of dragons. <laughs> I killed a couple bridge trolls. They were municipal workers. Like a demon fawn. <laughs> yeah, those were just regular fawns. We've been in like five or six wars. I took my brother to demon hell over the ruins of Dork. Right, so blah, blah, blah. They did some stuff. God damn. And then one day after a long journey, likely having something to do with spider eggs or dragon semen. What? That's a wizard's go-to shit. The knight and his gang, which now included two hobbits, a bard, and a baby bridge troll, Wait, returned what? to Shirington Shireville. Holy fuck buckets. Only to find everyone dead and everything on fire. What happened? I smell orc assholes, Liam. The horse said, whose superpower, by the way, was identifying animals by their assholes. It's a smelly gift. And so basically, Velveeta died, Liam's mom died, everyone's hopes and dreams were destroyed, and it was all caused because Liam cut the head off of a fucking little baby orc. He was an adolescent orc. Right, but the point of this story is you had it coming. What the fuck? Also, the orc army that burned all this and killed all your friends. Yeah. It was led by your former friend, Daedriel the Half-Elf. Wait, what, why? Because you never looked for him. He was actually not that far away from you in that same dungeon. What, the orc dungeon? Yeah, but you left him to die. And now you learned your lesson or something, because everyone that you've ever loved is dead. Wait, none of this is canon, right? No, we're in some stupid-ass thing. Well, I mean, that's Shirington Shireville, and mm. it is fucking burning to the ground. I mean, I wouldn't used to go to that bar right there. You see that bar? It's yeah. not even a bar. It's just fire. Well, we're in somebody's fucking nightmare. And then a meteor came from the sky and crushed all of them, and everyone died, and that's the end. All right, so somebody in the writing staff is fired here at SCATCAST, and it's probably a good time to start talking about reducing the number of mandatory marijuana breaks here in the office. No idea what that shit was about. No, it is not canon for Liam the Monster Hunter. And whoever brothers Tim and Steve are getting kicked in the dick. Kick him in the dick. That's good advice I give myself every day, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so get a hold of us at infoscatcast.com. You can shop for merch or these new interactive scat books at scatcast.com. And you know there's a Patreon where you get extra stuff. And at this point, there's a fuckload of it. Goddamn. All right, we've got even more. Three Dog Down Nurse Fairy Rhymes. It's this one's called The Wise Owl Hoo Hoo. Yeah, do the thing, Steve. It's Scott Kessner's Three Rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Well, hey, you little puke puddles. It's amazing to think that you're the product of exploded Starguts. But look at you all, Stargutsy. Are you ready for another Nurse Fairy Rhyme? Mm. This is another dumb as fuck story from the Three Dog Down Collection. Mm. This one's called The Wise Owl That Hooed. Is that right? Yeah. Once upon a time, there lived a wise owl. Yeah, who, etc. And each night, he watched the comings and goings of the animals of the forest. Yeah, damn, look at the tits on that titmouse. He said hungrily. Boobs. Now, although the owl saw much... I can turn my head all the way around like this. Check it out. He said, showing off his weird neck. You're just jealous. Whatever. Although he saw a bunch of shit. Circle life kind of shit. The wise old owl always managed to stay stoic. Who? You stay stoic. No, I said who because I'm an owl. Right, whatever. Soon the owl gained a reputation amongst the animals as a trusted advisor. Well, I do know how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Right. Yeah, it's three if you don't like your teeth. Fair enough. Yeah. So one day, Mr. Rabbit came to visit the owl. <laughs> Mr. Owl. The rabbit said anxiously. Um, who is it? <laughs> the owl hooted. <laughs> it's me, Mr. Rabbit. And the wise old owl smiled at Mr. Rabbit. Uh, do you have bear poop stuck in your fur again? He asked a bad joke from back in the day. Uh, no, not this time. The rabbit said as he stood on his back legs. I just want to know how you stay so calm. The rabbit said like a tweaker. I mean, what's your secret? And the owl looked at the rabbit and analyzed him like he was getting paid by the hour. Well, you see what your problem is. The owl diagnosed. You need to learn how to relax. Oh, but that's so scary out there. Mr. Rabbit said. Now, what I recommend is later on tonight when all the animals are asleep. Mr. Rabbit leaned in to hear the owl's solution. I want you to do some stretching, some breathing, and maybe some yoga. And Mr. Rabbit perked up. Oh, thank you, Mr. Owl. And later that night when most of the other animals were sleeping in their beds, Mr. Rabbit went outside his hole and started doing some stretching. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Then he heard something in the dark. Here's Ellie. And just like that, wise Mr. Owl snatched up Mr. Rabbit. Wait, why? Why? Then snapped his neck and ate him. Because you are food. But none of the other animals saw what happened. And the next day, another animal, Mrs. Squirrel. I'm a squirrel. Came to visit the wise old owl. Mr. Owl, Mr. Owl, can I ask you something? Mrs. Squirrel said. Of course, Mrs. Squirrel, what is it? The owl said, meeting her on the branch she was on. Well, the other animals were saying how wise you are. She gushed. Well, I mean, they're not wrong. And I need your advice. All right, shoot. Well, this time of year, there's never enough nuts. Right. And even if I have enough nuts, I feel like I never have enough nuts. Okay. Well, that's it. It stresses me 
me out. And the wise old owl thought, hmm. Then he said to Mrs. Squirrel, You know, tonight, when the moon is full, you and Mr. Squirrel should sit out under the light of the moon and tell each other jokes. And Mrs. Squirrel thought about it. It's been a long time since I've laughed. And the owl nodded. Now you should focus on nut jokes, I guess. And she thanked Mr. Owl. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Don't forget to laugh it up. And Mrs. Squirrel ran back to her hole in the tree. And just like the wise owl had said to do, she and her husband went out on her front branch and they looked at the beautiful moon. Now that is a beautiful moon. I forget how beautiful it is at night, Mr. Squirrel said a bit nervous. You know, since it's scary as fuck out here. Now we need to relax. Okay. Do you know any good jokes? But she knew he did. And after a while, he loosened up and he told her some jokes. And that's what humans call democracy. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> ridiculous. And Mrs. Squirrel started to feel better. Oh, well, that made me feel better. And just as they started to go inside, the wise old owl swooped down and he grabbed both of them by their necks. Hello. <laughs> Killing both of them and eating them. Now, squirrels are fucking delicious. And once again, nobody saw shit. I'm sneaky as fuck. And so the reputation of the owl being a wise advisor continued throughout the forest. They got a good griff going. And the next day, another animal came to him. An animal that wasn't quite as stupid as the rabbit or the squirrel. It was Mr. Rattlesnake. And he too had come to ask the wise old owl a question. Hey, Mr. Owl. He said. Then what is it, snake? I need to ask you a question. And so the owl came down from the tree to talk to the snake. Then what can I do for you? Nobody likes me. The snake said with a tear in its eye. They're all afraid of me. Well, you are pretty unapproachable. I am. And the snake was. Because it's a fucking snake. You need to learn to let your guard down. The owl said. How do I do that? And the owl smiled to him and said. I'm hosting a party at my tree later tonight. You should come by and mingle. Really? Totally. The wise owl said, but then he leaned in. But you should leave your rattle and fangs at home. Do you think that's a good idea? The snake asked. Fuck yeah, that's why everyone's afraid of you. And that made sense to the snake. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Owl. I'll see you tonight. And you probably guess what's going to happen here. Dinner stuff. Before Mr. Snake went to Mr. Owl's party, he indeed took off his rattle and took out his teeth. <laughs> Mr. Owl cares about me. The snake said to himself, but as soon as he got to Mr. Owl's house, he was murdered. <laughs> yeah, that snake tastes like chicken. And because the owl wasn't wearing his rattle, once again, no one could hear or see shit. And the reputation of the owl being the wise, helpful creature continued throughout the forest. And I should be a politician. And then one day, a wolf came to see the old wise owl. Hey, owl. The giant dog said, Oh, hey, Mr. Wolf, what is it? I heard you give good advice. Well, I can give it a shot. And the owl flew down to the wolf. How can I help you? Well, I'm fucking hungry. How do you keep yourself fed? Well, I've tricked animals into thinking that I'm wise and give good advice. Okay. So they come see me and then I give them shitty advice that gets them killed by me and then I eat them. Damn. Yeah. You should be a politician, the wolf said. You know, I was just saying that. The owl started to pontificate. I think I could raise some funds. But at that moment, four other wolves pounced on top of the owl and ate his ass. Because one minute you think you're on top of the world and the next minute you're dead. Goddamn. The end. Alright, so what did we learn, Chitron? Well, I think that we learned that if it's a three-dog down nurse fairy rhyme, then it will probably not have any morals at all. And probably no semblance of a storyline or characters to cheer for. So basically, we wasted five minutes of your life. See you next time, Chitron. Alright, goddamn, Dave, we're at the end of these. Now, this has been the entire Three Dog Down Nurse Fair Ram collection. Yeah, and he's been Dave and I've been Angus, and we want you to tune in Thursdays for the Dave and Angus show. We go to states, and then we can do things in the studio. I sing songs, get punched in the face. Yeah, it's quite the variety. That's right, and Dave and I are also gearing up for some new Dave and Angus watch. That's right. We are coming to a phone on your toilet near you. Right. Alright, this is the last one the porcupine, the turtle, and the skunk. Yeah, and it'll be the last you hear from us. So let's thank Jason Clay, sir, who's a JK. Right. Who is not Jason Krause? Having two JK bros is confusing for an Angus Dave. Right. But thanks for all our fat Jason Clayser, Matthew Pinard, Lucifina Lightbringer, <laughs> I mean Jasper Garland, Nash, and Donald Fisher. And much thanks to Jason Krause, who was our very first patron. Dude. And to all of you scat smears. Got new interactive scat books with an Angus on it. Coming soon, don't you right. worry. So here's a nurse fairy rhyme. Porcupine, the turtle, and the skunk. Yeah, it's no finale. It's just as bad as the other ones. Right. Well, here we go. It's Scott Kessner's Fairy Rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Well, hey, you little festering butthairs. Welcome back to another nurse fairy rhyme. And once again, we've delved into the three dog down collection. And these stories go beyond 
beyond things like Aesop's Fables and Brothers Grimm in the sense that they make even less sense and the morals are even harder to decipher. This one's called The Porcupine, The Turtle, and The Skunk. Once upon a time, there was a porcupine. Well, that will be me. And a turtle. I'm the turtle. And also a skunk. Yeah, I smell like shit. Eh? And they were the unlikeliest of friends, but they would often be found sharing a pint or two together at the Talking Animal Bar. <laughs> Cheers to another year of surviving the wolf. The porcupine said, holding up a glass somehow. Why, we were born with superior defenses. The turtle said, tapping his shell. Yeah, I smell like shit. The skunk said, smell like shit. To our awesomeness. <laughs> that smell you're smelling is me. We know. And as the night went on, they started to become competitive. I have the best defenses of all three of us. The porcupine bragged, standing up and showing his quills. I'm covered in spikes. A wolf wouldn't dare touch me. He said, shaking his spiky booty. Well, that's all well and good. The turtle said, standing up and shaking his booty. But I'm built like a tank. No wolf jaws can penetrate my armor. He said, patting himself on the back as fuck. The armor and spikes are pretty neat, but pretty cumbersome, eh? The skunk said as he stood up and showed off a stink gland. One squirt from this and I can empty this whole bar, <laughs> Yeah, but you can smell yourself, right? The porcupine asked like a dick. I like the way I smell. The skunk retorted. Yeah, there's no way that's fucking true. It's kind of like how you like the smell of your own fart, hey? The skunk reasoned. You're fucking gross, dude. Yeah, but what wolf would ever want to eat me, hey? And so the conversation went throughout the night. My quills are like spears that slay wolves. The porcupine said, standing on the table. Whatever. The turtle would have none of that. Out of my way. He said as he too got on the table. Hey, back off. My armor's way better than your spikes. And then the skunk got up on the hey, table. I can make all of you want to throw up. And they puffed their chests and tried to push each other off the table. But at that moment, a wolf walked in. Hello, bitches. The wolf said calmly as the place lost its shit and cleared the fuck out. Except for the porcupine, the turtle, and the skunk. Yeah, I'm also here too, said the bartender who was a horse for some reason. I'm a Glidesdale. Oh yeah, we get it. That Budweiser. Yeah, that's real clever. Yep. Anyway, so the three boastful animals get down from off the table. And the wolf came up to them and said, I'm curious why you three freak shows didn't run like the others. And the three animals looked at each other and laughed. <laughs> My dear wolf, I'm made of spears, as you can see. And I'm a fucking tank. The turtle said, patting his chest. And I smell like shit. Imagine how I would taste it. The skunk said, flipping his tail a bit. We have the ultimate animal defenses. Yeah, we're tough animals like you. Yeah, you can buy me a drink if you want, Wolfie. <laughs> and the wolf ordered four shots of alcohol that talking animals like. Uh, whiskey? Sure, why not? Now, here you go. And the wolf proposed a toast. To the food chain and your ability to stay on the good side of it, you know? Yeah. And just as the animals went to clink their glasses, the wolf swept the leg of the skunk, hitting him right in the stink land, temporarily disabling it. Then smashed the skunk in the nose, causing it to tear up. And just as a porcupine tried to roll into a ball, the wolf put his paw down on its quillless chest, crushing its ribs, which exposed its belly for a fatal bite. Then the wolf turned and bit the head off the skunk, spitting it out in the direction of the turtle. The turtle was shocked and quickly sucked its body into its shell. But the wolf simply grabbed the turtle shell, lined the turtle's tail hole up with his mouth, and aimed the turtle's head hole towards the sky. Hey, what are you doing? Then with a mighty huff and puff, the entire body of the turtle was shot through the head hole and into the air, and then right into the mouth of the wolf. Gotta love hubris, the wolf said as she devoured the bodies of the fallen animals. Sweet. The bartender said, watching the wolf swallow the last of the bodies. Hey, at least I don't have to mop. Then the wolf slugged back all four shots and tossed a coin at him. The skunk was right. He tasted terrible. And the wolf left the bar. And the horse bartender, who was also the owner of the bar, had to close the bar. Because no one ever wanted to come back there because the scary shit that happened that day. And it's all that cunty wolf's fault. And so he became a human wolf hunter's horse. And for years and years, he helped humans hunt the wolves. Until one day, he found the wolf that killed those animals in his bar and forced his bar to close. You. And the wolf and the horse battled. And the oh. horse killed the wolf but broke his leg in the process. And that day, he was killed by the humans and later turned to glue. And the man that shot the horse bartender was also shot 12 times for cheating at poker a week later. And this script keeps going, I don't see the point, the end. Well, children, we've listened to a lot of wonderful nurse fairy rhymes together, haven't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one sure as fuck isn't one of them. Yeah. I, I guess the morals here are, don't be boastful, because everyone dies? I didn't like this story. It's okay, children. I'm pretty sure three dog down's a cunt. See you next time. From California, favorite human in the world and wife to me, Mrs. Scriptkeeper! Love of my life right there. And starting at Shitbox Wizard from Indiana, Donald!
Fisher. And starting at Discord, Dookie Slayer from Ohio, Chris Brooks. Chris Brooks. Chris Brooks. And starting at Scatcast Quartermaster from Texas, 900-time Time Suck Trivia Champion, Bodhi Saliata. That's right, Bodhi Saliata. Dipshit Files Researcher. Also starting at Button Pusher, Steve the Button Pusher guy. That's right. And then we have, you know, Tim the Intern, who sucks. Yep, that's right. That's good, good on you. Info at scatcast.com. Scatcast.com for merch. Yes, Tim sucks. Patreon.com forward slash scatcast to help us. Five bucks a month gets you the inside scooper, which gets you all sorts of extra shit. And as always, we'll talk at you in the future. It'll seem like the present. Bye. Bing bong. Have you kicked yourself in the dick today, Dave? You've already done that one. It's a classic, Dave.